2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 11. I have been a fool. You forced me to it, for I ought to have been commended by you. For I was not at all inferior to these super apostles, even though I am nothing. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. For in what were you less favored than the rest of the churches, except that I myself did not burden you? Forgive me this wrong. Here, for the third time, I am ready to come to you. And I will not be a burden, for I seek not what is yours, but you. For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? But granting that I myself did not burden you, I was crafty, you say, and got the better of you by deceit. Did I take advantage of you through any of those whom I sent to you? Mm. I urged Titus to go and sent the brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not act in the same spirit? Did we not take the same steps? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? It is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ, and all for your upbuilding, beloved. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Josh. So we are we're moving towards the end of Second Corinthians. This is our second to last reading. And, you know, we're, we're kind of back in the church politicking sphere where Paul, he's talking about his ministry and, you know, specifically uh, towards these people who've been really critical of his ministry and suspecting that Paul is just trying to make a dime off of the Corinthian church that he planted mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that he's trying to take advantage of them and of their wealth. And, you know, again, I mean, you know, this past Sunday, Carl Truman spoke he preached out of uh corinthians and he he was speaking to the church in corinth and did an amazing job talking about the similarities between america and corinth just so good and it's funny we see a very similar spirit um you know both corinth and america we value uh merit and wealth so much Mm. that we get really dicey and defensive when it's on the table Mm. um especially with, you know, organized religion. And so that's what's happening in Corinth. Nothing Mm -hmm. new under the sun. And Paul here is, you know, there's this amazing line, I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. And so we see, you know, sort of like this pastoral rejection of that notion. And, you know, this, this letter, as we've talked about, it's this letter of sort of reconciliation is happening between Paul and this church that he planted. And Mm -hmm. the church has repented of a lot of the sins of first Corinthians that are named. 
And Paul is hoping to go back to them and mm. set wrongs right. But it's not all rosy. You know, he knows that there still are people mongering division. He knows that there's still sin at work in the church. And, you know, he particularly uh, names that he is worried to find quarreling and jealousy and anger. Um, and so he's being really real and transparent. So, uh, Josh, what are what are your thoughts on Paul's words here as he he begins to land the plane in Second Corinthians? You, you know, um, my New Testament professor used to say that Paul uses the language of reciprocity, mm. and um, you know, reciprocity this idea that like you do something for me and I do something for you, and so when he says. I owe you the gospel. Yeah. He's saying like, there's this exchange happening. Hmm. And it seems as though in this passage, he's kind of breaking up this idea of reciprocity. He's saying hmm. like, I'm not coming for your money. I'm not, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so in other words, like you, you don't owe me anything. And then he, and then he even sets it even more straight when he says for children are not ob obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. All of a sudden he's saying, I am the parent, you are the child. Yeah, yeah. And so you can't save up for I'm me. I'm the daddy. I'm the yeah. daddy, I'm coming. <laughs> and so it, it, I just find this very fascinating that he he's, he's they've obviously feeling that he's, you know, being disingenuous in some way or, or perhaps has an ulterior motive. And he's saying, no, 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 I care about you. And, and in some ways, I mean, it's it's very loving um, uh, if I love you more, am I to be loved less? You know, I yeah. mean, <laughs> so he's like, he's, am I being spurned for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, have, I really, this is, uh, this is, this is powerful. And clearly he, um, uh, he, he's, he's, he realizes that some things have not been dealt with in the church, you know, mm -hmm. and he's, he, he comes back at the, at the impurity and the sexual immorality and the sensuality that's being practiced. Mm. Um, to say, I think, I think probably at the root of your problem mm. is not that you distrust me, yeah. but that you're living in an unrepentant sin, and it's probably manifesting itself in the in a distrust of me. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think it's such an interesting. You know, at the end, he's talking about I, I worry or I fear that when I come, I won't find you as I hope to. You won't find me as I hope you as I as mm. you hope to find me but that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. And, you know, I, I think that that is, and then, you know, he he mentions again this uh, unrepented sexual immorality mm. that he's mm. uh, seen. And I think it is interesting, though. You know, we, we talk a lot about sexual sin in the church, rightly so, whether it's among leaders of the church or congregants. Mm but we don't talk a whole lot about anger in the church mm -hmm. or slander. And, you know, a, a lot of ministries and churches have been rocked by sexual sin, but I would argue that many more churches have been ripped apart and the witness of the church has been more deeply shattered by, you know, these lawless lips that he's talking about, this, mm. this hostility and anger. And, you know, I think that's ironically where we can see that, like, radically progressive forms of Christianity and radically conservative forms of Christianity both basically dwell on anger. Mm. Um, it, it, this anger at somebody that creates hostility. And then once there's that rift there, all sorts of sin, like sexual immorality, sensuality, impurity can grow 
um, because the the foundation's been cracked. You know, it's like a it's kind of like a crack in a sidewalk. Like mm-hmm. the the weeds can start to come up whenever um, the actual concrete has been has been shattered. And so it's interesting that that's kind of what he comes back to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a great observation. That that that's perhaps the, at the root of this whole thing mm-hmm. is is that is the sin of quarreling and jealousy and anger, mm-hmm. um, and and that it's yeah it's manifesting itself in a in a distrust of him or a lack of uh, appreciation for him too. I mean, because he mm-hmm. says I should have been commended by you. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, Yusuf, you're you're an elder here, a pastor here. What? You know, verse 15, this phrase, I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. I think that that's such an evocative phrase. Um, and what what are your thoughts on, on sort of that mentality of leadership that Paul exhibits here? Listen, at every turn, Satan wants us to look inward and focus on our own self. Mm. focus on our own problems, focus on the problems of my family and my business. And, and it's easy to kind of get stuck into that cycle. Yeah. Um, but it really, it, it's the Holy spirit at work in our life. It is the Lord at work in our life that, um, disrupts that, mm. um, mm-hmm. that process. And, and we have to be, I, I find myself continuously kind of, um, in a state of burden for those like in my parish and, and around me. And there are times like when I don't want to meet with my cohort or I yeah. just feel, I just feel like I want to stay home and, mm. and watch Netflix with them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm honest and, and, and then there's, and then when they come and we meet, I'm just like, I've, I've given so much life and it is a, it is a being spent in a sense, but in some ways it's also life giving. Yeah. Mean, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a two way street, and so you know I've I've loved obviously serving in that way, and um and I think we have to we have to understand that as leaders, like um, what does it mean to be spent mm-hmm. um uh, uh, towards you know for the congregation's sake? Yeah, you know, absolutely, and it's a great word from the pastoral end, and you know, as a younger guy and someone who sits under our elders and our pastors. Um, for those of us who aren't leaders of the church in that sense, um, there's such just a good warning through this letter, through these words of the type of follower that I'm supposed to be. And, you know, it's certainly we're supposed to be discerning. We're supposed to take initiative. We're supposed to root out sin and these things. But, you know, I think for myself and for many others, um, my instinct can be to become really uh, opinionated on different things mm. that I see, whether, you know, it's like, I mean, a hot topic at Christ Government right now is expansion. And we're going to talk about that in our members meeting. And, you know, everybody has opinions. And it's so easy to take your perspective of biblical wisdom and and judge your leaders, judge everyone. And, and maybe your timing. Of- <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Just all the things that it encompasses. And judge other people based off of that. Mm. And then basically what you quickly lose, and uh, this is just what I've been thinking about a lot lately, what you quickly lose is grace Mm. um, and love. And it's a good reminder that, you know, good leaders who love God, which is by God's great grace, what we have at Christ Covenant and, uh, you know, our sister churches, um, like 
to view my leaders as people who are, you know, Jason D's, he could be making a lot more money doing <laughs> something else, anything else. Um, and he's, he didn't start Christ covenant to be rich. Um, and, and so, and for any great like self advantage, but to spend himself that others would know the love of God. Mm. And so as somebody who sits under him, as someone who sits under you and our other elders, um, to, to recognize that there is a sense of love and grace that we should exhibit towards our leaders as we, you know, strive towards a common goal and not be these people who are causing great vexation and inner turmoil yeah. um, because we're, we're so convinced of something that might even be like a secondary issue that we actually become slanderous, like an angry and disorderly mm-hmm. gossiping and conceited. Um, and that that's exactly what I am constantly drifting towards in sin and have to recenter myself from. And so there's some great leader or some great advice and, and, or more than advice, you know, guiding principles for both leaders and followers here, um, to live by. So, you know, just another, another really practical word of guidance for churches. Mm. And tomorrow we're going to see how Paul wraps up this warm, uh, and yet also spicy letter to the church of Corinth. So for Josh Youssef, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.